0: Yep, now we're recording the Sports Back Bros podcast is back at you on a Thursday. Two days a week, as you know, we had Monday. Now we're on Thursday. But we did have an emergency session, if you were paying attention, because some boxing news came up and we had to talk about it. But now we're back to basics, back to normal. Going into the week before the Super Bowl. Let's get into it.
1: What's good? Happy Thursday. Happy uh, Friday
0: Eve, weekend Eve. Let's get it. Yeah. Well, now we're at a point in the season where pro football isn't the big news. Only the one game is the big news, and that's still more than a week away. So you don't get into really that talk on media day until Monday when the teams come in, and then you have your NFL media day. Then the circus starts. But then I NBA is going on. The NBA is going on. I, I do on. want to
1: talk about one thing about football because I don't know if I mentioned it on the show on Monday. I thought it was pretty shitty of uh, Kelsey and Mahomes – messing with Justin Tucker, they the way they were throwing his balls away and and the ball holder. And then I saw a report that Kelsey says that it was him messing with them, that he didn't have to do that. And I don't know, do kickers really go out of their way to mess with the other team?
0: That's what I was thinking. When When I first heard the story, man, the first thing I thought, like, man, they messing with him. He's the road guy, first of all, and he's the freaking kicker. There aren't that many rambunctious kickers out there that's going to bring attention to themselves or become a problem on the road. It doesn't do anything for the team. And in fact, it puts more pressure on you because if it comes down to that kick, even though he's a Hall of Fame kicker, future Hall of Fame kicker, you know, things can happen. You know what I mean? They do have that superstition going on.
1: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, I haven't I haven't known Justin Tucker to be that type of kicker to go mess Again. with the other team. Um, when they showed it before the game, they, they talked about it briefly, but they showed video of it. I was like, well, why doesn't he just kick it at him, hit somebody in the freaking helmet? <laughs> and uh, my son and his friends were laughing. I know Robbie Gold used to kick from the side uh, of the of the goal post, and he aimed for the goal post. That's how he increased his accuracy.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool to hear.
1: Um, I, I don't know Justin Tucker to do that. But this is the first time I've ever seen anybody messing with a kicker
0: in pregame. Now, maybe they were trying to help themselves out, get themselves hyped up. They were going into another hornet's nest, the number one overall seed, the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe they felt they had to do something like that. Maybe they didn't really see what they did last week against the previous week against the Buffalo Bills and think that that was probably, you know what, they got away with one. So now they had to hype themselves up. Messing with the freaking kicker. Come on, find somebody else on the team.
1: That's like bully type shit. That's
0: exactly what it was. (laughs) Is the no, but, kicker going to fight you? <laughs> I mean, look, kickers don't have the image of being tough guys. There have been some kickers out there that may have had a little bit of chip on their shoulder attitude. There's been some punters out there. Tom Rowan, one of those guys, yeah. big, powerful guy that you might not want to go toe-to-toe with. But, you know, this is what we're talking about, Justin Tucker. I didn't, When I heard the story, I automatically assumed, you know, it, it, it wasn't him. Whoever was doing whatever they were doing, I knew uh, I just wasn't going to assume it was him. And now after the fact, it wasn't him. It doesn't seem like it was him.
1: Well, I just find it curious that the Chiefs are talking about the incident and Justin Tucker didn't have anything to say, you know. So are they trying to put themselves in a better light because they they appear to be at, acting like bullies? Or is it just the truth? I don't know. Um, maybe I'm making too much out of it. I'm just curious. Like, why would you fuck with the kicker?
0: Well, now maybe it doesn't matter because they're the ones in the Super Bowl and Baltimore isn't. They went to Baltimore, took that on, and now we have the 49ers taking on the defending champs, Kansas City. And I guess that kind of is like water under a bridge. I think Justin Tucker didn't deal with that over and over and over. What are you going to do, extend the season that isn't anymore? You know what I mean? It doesn't require any more going back and forth, I don't think. If there was another game that these people might have a chance to get back together – that could have been some storyline you could have kept on pondering on and wondering how it's going to be. Might have added a little bit more intensity to what they were trying to do. Now it's just something, you know, a, a footnote, something that just happened. Yeah. Acknowledge it. I guess move on. The NFL is going to do it's anything about it that I know of.
1: It's just too bad. Yeah, I don't think it was serious enough to do anything about it. You know, no fines or
0: anything. Well, I'm in this gonna... bullying climate we have, <laughs> anti-bullying climate, <laughs> Even a grown men, you might just do that. I mean, well, else he's gonna
1: have to sit out the first half of the Super Bowl,
0: <laughs> you know, for, for that
1: bullying. Taylor Swift's gonna be banned
0: from the from the suite. But, um, <laughs> who, who was the offensive of lineman years ago that was accused of bullying? Man, I, forgot, I think it was from Nebraska. One of Nebraska's offensive linemen. Oh, Richie Incognito. Yeah, Anthony, Richie yeah, Incognito. He was, he was known as he a was bully, dirty. and he and he yeah. embraced it.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was dirty. He was, He was trying to be the Bill Lambert of the NFL.
0: Bro, he embraced it, though, man. He was a a, a, a tough-ass player. There was no fakeness to him, man. He was really that kind of dude. It's just that the NFL, with their phony everything, decides that, oh, no, we don't want to have any bullying in the locker room with NFL guys. I'm thinking about, I've been in NFL locker rooms, and even if you watched it from afar, these are grown testosterone-filled dudes. I don't think anyone's getting intimidated, at least not showing it to the point to where it comes out of the locker room People are telling you that it's a problem, but it did. I mean, my my last two
1: comments are: if Justin Tucker was going to do that intentionally, you would think he he'd let somebody know, "Hey, I'm gonna go over there, you know, keep an eye out just in case they start fucking with me." There was nobody coming to his defense. He was down there all by himself, so I, I don't think he's that dumb to go down there say, "I'm nah. gonna mess with these guys," but not alert his teammates. I mean, especially um, you
0: know. You're the home team, and you're the premier kicker in the NFL, and you know the, you're that guy, and that's a game to where, well, going by the score, there were really possibilities of him being the deciding factor in that game. I mean, they right. didn't know it then, but knowing it was a tough game, even if it was a high-scoring game, you knew field goals were going to have something to do with the the outcome. You and that—that's
1: my second comment. It's too bad his teammates let, you know, made the mistakes they did mm-hmm. because he didn't have that chance to to kick the game Get them back. Winning field goal, like I predicted, Um, if Zay Flowers doesn't doesn't reach out and fumble, maybe 17-17 going into overtime, maybe he gets his opportunity to win it. And I'm not saying that because I want to be right. I'm just saying he didn't
0: get the opportunity to get his get back. And that's true. And that would have helped. I mean, it might have helped. I I think he's one of those focused kickers because I know I've heard so many times of how kickers could be somewhat of head cases when the smallest thing can really throw them off. And once they start going off kilter, they stay off kilter for a while until they kind of get it back if they don't get cut sooner. But with him, nah, that's not going to be the case. I think he would have gotten his pound of flesh if the opportunity had come. But now, staying with the NFL just for a little bit, well, all these job vacancies are no longer vacant, and there are still two premier guys without NFL jobs, Bill Belichick (laughs) being one, Eric Bieniemy, who I thought proved himself in terms of what his offense can do without Kansas City, Mahomes or Andy Reid out in camp with the Commanders, with Sam Howell, he has no job. I'm now thinking it is somewhat of a personality reason why he's not getting his job, not because of his inability to coach and do something with the offense. It's probably him not really communicating well with players. We've talked about that before. It must be,
1: you know, he he probably has an abrasiveness to his personality. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why the running back room went to, to Ron Rivera saying, hey, get this guy off our back. Um, and who knows, you know, how he interviews. Uh, maybe he just has an abrasive personality and it doesn't go over well. But I, I think he he's earned a shot.
0: Yeah, as far as, I think so.
1: As far as Belichick, it has to be his age. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, like, it would have to be a perfect situation. Like, like I say, Dallas is the perfect situation because they have a small window, in my opinion, and he has a small window, in my opinion. Or maybe it's Buffalo, but Buffalo's not looking to replace their coach. Um, what happened in Dallas, a lot of people think it would have been justified for McCarthy to lose his job. So that's why I say Dallas. But uh, other than Dallas or another team that's really close maybe Cleveland but they're not looking to replace their coach neither no uh perhaps Cincinnati they got to the Super Bowl a couple years ago you know they're still talented enough to to be contenders as long as Joe burrow comes back healthy yep but that's another team not looking to get rid of their coach no nah. so, so really when you think about it how many good spots are there for Belichick
0: Well, one thing I was thinking about with Belichick is he's not just coming as a head coach. I think he also, after all these years of proving himself, whether people want to accept it or not, he also wants to be a GM. You would assume that he comes along with being a head coach or a GM or a head coach with a lot of say in what the GM does. And in Dallas, that's just not going to happen. Even though Jerry Jones has taken a step back and his son is kind of running the show, I don't know if there's a whole bunch of collaborating going on because ultimately it's going to come down to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones was at the
1: senior board.
0: Huh? Jerry Jones is at the Senior Bowl, I heard. <laughs> Bro, he can't give it up, he's man. Doing, he's doing his He own can't mentality. give it up. He got to be there. I mean, yo, if you're going to get played, the Senior Bowl has always been the spot to go. That's the best all-star game of postseason, all-star game you get. You know, you have all these shrine games and so forth, East-West games, you know, other games that they put out there. The Senior Bowl is the game that you're going to have the most people that have opportunities as seniors to go to the NFL draft. Quite a bit of those people, a high percentage of them, do get drafted after coming from the senior bowl. So, yeah, or get their invite. So, yes, I I can see why he's there, but he he says he's taking a step back. Maybe he's there for leisure. You know, his son can't be everywhere all the time. But back to Bill Belichick, he's going to want to be a GM, you would think, with his background. Why not? He's done it defensively. Offensively, another story, because he hasn't done anything without Tom Brady. But um, I think – and not to mention, Jerry Jones, just in the past day or two, has been saying good things about him. I think I could work with Bill Belichick. He's saying that now. <laughs> I don't know what he means by it. Right <laughs> here. You say something mm-hmm. like that now, and you just gave McCarthy, a, uh, you know, I mean, not gave him in somewhat of an endorsement. I mean, right. now you're talking, you know, I think that Bill Belichick and I could get along well. Not could have gotten along well. He said, I thought we could get along well. <laughs> like, wow, that could, I don't know if it leaves the door open to fire McCarthy or bring Bill Belichick <laughs> in as some type of advisor, as people think. I don't know, and that would rub people the wrong way if he came in as an advisor.
1: Yeah, consultant. Uh, yep, pseudo GM or something. I don't
0: know the Bill Parcells treatment. Come on, that's exactly <laughs> right. what it was. You know, um, when he, yeah.
1: But his track record as a GM, I don't think is very good. So I don't know if I, if I'd want him consulting my team.
0: Well, has Jerry Jones been any better or anybody else in his organization no. been as better? Been any champ, better? Oh, than- get out here, <laughs> oh champ. The champ is here. Down here barking. I mean, grounding.
1: Anyway, so, you don't like oh, Jerry
0: Jones Showed up the senior bowl, man. <laughs> you like, yo, bro, why is that guy there? <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, Bill Belichick, I'm going back to it that he picked defensive plays, and that's why it, it wasn't just offense that helped him win Super Bowls. It was Tom Brady. We know he highlights all of this, but you still need defense, and he's picked some pretty damn good defensive players, especially in the positions that he was able to pick them in winning as much as he's won, picking them at the end of the first round when he had first-rounders. So, you know, making those real quality picks. But nevertheless, he doesn't have a job. Eric Enemy doesn't have a head coaching job. Does Bill Belichick just walk away and call it a career, or does he become one of these analysts on television? I don't know what's left for him. He doesn't say much. What are you going to do with That's him?
1: going to why, why would he
0: join the media when he despises the He despises media? those guys. You know, he'll just give you like a NASCAR answer. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's it. <laughs> now that'll be it. What, After, what are your
1: thoughts on this game, Coach? We're going to do the best we can.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It looks like that team's going to do the best they can. <laughs> I'm sure the coach told them the importance of doing the best they can. Is that you, Jim. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. That's him. But, yeah, man, that's what we're talking about in the NFL now. You know, the combine will be coming up soon Um, in February. We're now in February. The combine time. In fact, February, it comes in March this year. I think it's March the combine is coming up. They're just changing everything. This is a leap year, but the combine will be coming up and teams will be trying to put their teams together. That's why you need these coaches in place now to start going with the game plan, going to these these pro uh, all-star games, like the Senior Bowl, to kind of put a game plan together to to add players to your roster. But, yeah, this the NFL, the week before the Super Bowl, and not to mention – I think that was it the Friday or Saturday before the Super Bowl. We're going to find out who gets into the Hall of Fame out of that list that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago. Oh Yeah,
1: that, that should be interesting.
0: Yeah, it is, man. Man, I'm thinking about Andre Johnson on that list, and he deserves to get in. But I think a lot of those guys deserve to get in. But it's not yeah, guaranteed. You know know they're, not gonna, the
1: they're not going to have three or four wide receivers in one class. And, and that's
0: another thing. You know, you have him there. And Even though play.
1: they all may be deserving just how the voters are,
0: we're not going to put in four wide receivers. Yeah. And, and Devin mean, has to, I think, I gets in because it's now not the first ballot. I think he gets in because he ultimately gets in. I think, why not now? Yeah, he has to be in. I mean, For what he has done for his position in the NFL, I mean, in fact, he, he helped mean, his record. the greatest...
1: Greatest returner of all time has to count for something. No if, question. You have the, if you have the greatest punter in the Hall of Fame, then you got to have the greatest returner of all time. Exactly. That's a little great little guys difficult. in there. Devin Hester's a Hall of Fame
0: kickoff and punt returns doing it the way he's done it. It was like they didn't want, and you have people that want to just, I don't know, argue for the sake of it. He was supposed to be been a defensive back, he wasn't even a wide receiver, bro. He was a punt returner. That's what he would be going into the NFL Hall of Fame for. As a punt returner, kickoff returner, a well, special teamer, they're talking about not, what he didn't do. That's
1: why I make the Ray Guy argument. If you're going to have the, well, you consider the greatest punters, why then we have to have the greatest returner.
0: Yep, yeah, and why not? Yeah, so he's going to. I think he gets in this time around because I can see them just by virtue of these so-called voters, you know, being with their nose in the air to begin with. We're not going to do it in the first time around. You know, we're going to get him on the second time or the third time, but. The second time, I think, is good enough. I mean, look what they did to uh who they do it to was Shannon Sharp was even first ballot, was he? I'm think not they, sure. I think they made him wait a second year. That's that's crazy uh, right there. Yeah, he should have been absolutely I, and he I don't remember what, wasn't. And, and typically, when something like that happens, it's because you probably had some beef with the media. He was one of these media-friendly guys, he gave them a lot of content to write. But, anyways, yep, that's the NFL for now, man. But you, know, you say you hadn't watched too much basketball, and there's been a lot of basketball going on. We got we got
1: to stick to NFL, right? For for one more topic, though. Oh yeah, what's uh, that? Punk ass Cam Newton.
0: Oh, how do I forget that?
1: Cam <laughs> Newton, man. Uh, to me, he's 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 like Gilbert Arenas. He needs attention. <laughs> Saying same, same shit, talking shit, just to to get clicks, to get likes, to get people to watch his podcast, to get people to listen to him. There's no reason to, to throw shade at, at Broad Purdy. None.
0: Whatever
1: whatever the his issues are, uh, I don't know. I, I, if you ask me, Brock Purdy's better than Cam Newton. So uh,
0: so far, so good. So no is,
1: how can you talk shit about him? Oh, <laughs> it, it just doesn't make sense, man. He, he called him the 10th best player uh, on the 49ers. Okay, if that's true and Cam Newton was on the team – What, he'd be the 25th best player? Come on.
0: (laughs) As it stands right now with Cam Newton, uh, he's not better than the 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL at this moment. I don't think he's probably better than the backups of one of those 32 coach quarterbacks in the NFL. The way he left the NFL, don't look at the way he was when he was getting the MVP nod and he was pretty consistent doing what he was doing. Look at him now. He's regressed just like Cap has regressed. You get these people who have these personal agendas that make it seem as if these players are still having that value they had when they were at their best instead of looking at that complete decline and collapse at the end of the season. And it only continues if they ever had an opportunity. And he's still chirping about getting opportunities. That was his issue just a year or two ago. Ever since the
1: Super Bowl, when he had a chance to die for the fumble and oh, chose to just stand not. there and watch, I mean, come on, man. You, you lose all credibility after that because you're not willing to, to put yourself on the line. You're not willing to go all out, give 100 percent. Then basically, you're just going through the motions. And so he, he lost his he lost the opportunity to talk shit about other quarterbacks at that moment right there because. He can fire all the shots he wants, but there's more shit coming back his way. It doesn't make sense to me,
0: yeah. And Brock Purdy, and now his second year with the 49ers is back in. He's in the Super Bowl this time. You know what? A continuation to last year when he was injured and didn't go to the Super Bowl, and he probably could have made the difference being on that team healthy and giving them a <sighs> chance to go to the Super Bowl. Now, yeah, I mean,
1: people want, want to throw shade at, at Purdy. What's wrong? And- because he's Mr. Relevant, I guess I don't yeah, know. All, he all these weapons, but the 49 Niners couldn't get it done with Jimmy Garoppolo. Nope, they couldn't get it done with Trey Lance. Nope. Brock Purdy's the only one who's been able to get him to the promised land. So, he, so maybe it's not saying much. He's better than Garoppolo, or he's better than, than Lance. But
0: he, I said the other day, he's a winner, man. He makes winning plays. You should respect that. And this is still the beginning of his career. Imagine if he continues on this trajectory. He'll be, you know, get those leadership qualities that quarterbacks typically get. He'll have these people around, him, these same quality players around him. And just like Joe Montana had those quality players around him, or anyone else you could name, Kurt Warner had quality players around him when Trent Green was supposed to have been the quarterback that year. And you need players to win games. Quarterbacks aren't going to do it by themselves. If they don't have great players, well, they most likely won't be great themselves. You know, sometimes you can look at, I would mention a few times about the New England Patriots and what Tom Brady did without Randy Moss. He won a championships, plural, without Randy Moss. He had guys like Julian Edelman, who wasn't a bad wide receiver, pretty damn good wide receiver, but Dion Branch, and MVP of a Super Bowl. You made Dion Branch MVP of a Super Bowl but couldn't do anything with Randy Moss in terms of winning a Super Bowl. So, yeah, you need the players. And I don't know why the rules seem to change when it comes to someone like Brock Purdy just because he was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in a seven-round draft. This isn't back in the day when it was 12, 13 rounds. The thing
1: for me is if the clock was going to hit midnight, it would have been this past Sunday. He wouldn't have come back from down 17. You can have all the weapons in the world, but if you play like trash and you ain't shit, you're not going to perform, and you're not going to come back from down 17. But he he, made, he, he led the comeback. He did. And you have to give him credit for that. And I I think what he's played 17 games. He's what 14 and three, 14 and four. I mean that's a that's a hell of a start to a career. Uh you got him to the NFC Championship last year. Got hurt. Got him to the Super Bowl this year. He's got to go up against Mahomes. We'll see what happens. But in two years, I think that's a hell of a start, man.
0: A heck of a damn start. And let him continue doing what he's doing. If he doesn't win it this time, he still has a lot of time. I don't think in his case, because of the weapons he has, and especially on defense, this isn't going to be the damn Marino effect where, well, there'll be more that came from, and that wasn't – it never came again for him. I think it's going to happen pretty often. At least the opportunity will be there for – Brock Purdy, as his career continues to go on, and the organization with John Lynch leading the way in charge of bringing in players. Bro, the way he's done it, man. Well, he, he
1: did, he's Another another thing is people always want to say, oh, this guy threw for this many yards. He had this many touchdowns. He did this. He did this. Purdy threw for 4,200 yards, had 30-some touchdowns, only 11 interceptions.
0: I mean, and then you'll have somebody to say, well, Bro, you have 17 games. Everybody's playing 17 games, man. You know, until people get used to the 17 game season, they'll still compare the 16 game stats okay, to the season. so he, stats. Threw
1: for, he would have thrown for 39.80 and still really well. in the 16 game season.
0: Because oh Cam Newton himself, he had 4,000 yards in his rookie year. He didn't do too well. I mean, he didn't do too bad for a rookie. I mean, he didn't throw a whole bunch of interceptions, but he did have 19 of them. You know but he, he led the uh, he led the team. I think he did really well running the ball. He had 14 um, rushing touchdowns in his rookie year. But why do – see, fans are fans, and they're going to do what they do. They're emotional at times, and they're going to just point things out, the smallest thing they're going to point out, especially if it's not their player. But why would a former player who has a platform, why would you single out this guy? Out of all these players, you could have singled out. I mean, I haven't heard any follow-up because I haven't looked for it. I haven't heard any Mm follow-up of what he might have said about Lamar Jackson pretty much being ineffective in this last game in which he needed to be effective.
1: And that's a very good point because when Dak was trash at the beginning of the Green Bay game and didn't start playing until they were down 38 or whatever, however many points, he was trash. So he deserved some some shots taken at him. And Lamar Jackson did too for his trash game Sunday. Yep. Why, why is Cam not talking about those guys?
0: Yep, and I defend well, I tried to defended both guys throughout the season. <laughs> and I'll try to throw Dak in the MVP candidacy. I wish he deserved I thought, and I still think. And I didn't say he should win it, but I thought he deserved at least some consideration in the candidacy. But Lamar Jackson, who's probably going to win it, man. look, the way he played, this isn't what you expect from an MVP. You know, the year that Cam Newton won his MVP is the year they did go to the Super Bowl and lost it, and he kind of helped them lose it. And that defense was hella fire too for Denver. But Lamar Jackson, yeah. Dak Prescott, two guys. Yeah. You know what? Hearing – Hearing what Cam Newton has said in the past, you kind of can draw the conclusion on why he would rather jump on a Brock Purdy instead of a, uh, uh, you know, Lamar he has Jackson. an agenda. He has he, an he agenda. Has agenda. He has his own agenda. You know, like everybody today has their own little agenda, their own little corner, and their own little core of sycophants who agree with everything they said because they have their own little agenda, but they can't say it. They don't have a platform, or no one knows who the hell, who the hell they are because they're just in the peanut gallery. Cheer you, want me, you want me to and, say it? Quarterbacks and players. You want me to say it? Yep. He's, he's
1: trashing Purdy because he's white. He didn't yep. trash Dak and Lamar because they're not
0: white. They're black. Yeah. Not, nothing new to the playbook when it comes down to that. I mean, it was almost like when I was talking about Caitlin Clark last week. You know, the, the WNBA wants a star, but I don't think they really want a white star. But <laughs> I think in this case here, this is a lot of the same. And he gets away with the nonsense. Because of the way things are socially today, he can get away with not, not talking about Dak or not talking about Lamar, but jumping on the guy who actually goes to the Super Bowl. And after he wins it, what's going to be the reason why? If he doesn't win, if he, if he wins it, you know well, that's my winning. thing. Be be consistent. It doesn't matter
1: if the quarterback's white, black, exactly, Latino, Asian. It doesn't matter. He's either good or he's trash. You know, just just be
0: consistent. And say what it is. Don't make up shit. You just have that faction of people out there who just do that kind of thing. Like some people are talking about, well, Christian McCaffrey isn't all that good. Well, he's the best player in the NFL right now, period, It's overall. I mean, that includes Lamar Jackson. I think he's doesn't stay healthy as often as Lamar, Lamar did this past season. But McCaffrey, the most dynamic player in the NFL. Even though the running back position has changed, he's gotten more – that his money's worth in play, at least the 49ers did from him, being the guy who got the second most money annually for this year compared to a rookie like B. John Robinson who made the most this year going into this season. But Christian McCaffrey, you just look at it, I hate that it even comes to that, that becomes an argument. You You just can't watch a guy play football. You just can't acknowledge that someone may be better than the next guy, but you have to bring color into the picture, and it becomes an issue. And it's so obvious that they do it. They're not even trying to be surreptitious. He just says it, and he dares people to go against it, and then they complain about people like Jason Whitlock, who's a little bit more splitting it down the middle. And he comes after the black quarterback and black running back and everybody else. They hate that kind of thing, whether it's true or not. They don't like the news that comes from it.
1: Yeah, I I don't have a problem with anybody who's consistent. Just be That's consistent, it. man. Don't again. It, the color doesn't matter, and, and it shouldn't. And you either can play or you can't play,
0: and, and should should does cam newton do you believe he he has to do something like that he has all the notoriety at least in the sports realm and you know i I think he and shannon sharp probably the two hottest guys right now with a podcast and just being in sports media former athletes and i think even jason whitlock who had his problems with shannon sharp in the past he was like yo bro this guy's exceeded expectations shannon sharp is even more popular now than he was with skip bayless (laughs) bro he got a better show skip is killing i mean uh, uh, Shannon's killing it. He's killing it. Everything he's touching right now is turning into gold. And I remember back when he was on CBS and I saw the criticism about him. Man, we can't even understand what this guy says. He doesn't even speak English well. All that crap they said, man, look at this guy. And everybody's listening to him. It's not just only black people now, probably the majority, but man, football fans are football fans. And if you are saying what they like to hear, and sometimes you are say what they don't want to hear because they want to argue, they'll take that too. He's doing both of it.
1: Yeah, I, I just think he's trying to get clicks and likes and, and and grow his podcast. I didn't even know he had a podcast until I saw the headlines. Uh, Cam Newton said such and such about about this guy. I was like, well, where did he say it? Oh, he got a podcast.
0: Yeah, I've so, seen him. I've seen the podcast. I don't watch it. It kind of comes through the news feed because I have a bunch of sports things that come through. But he also talks about the red pill space pretty much. He and Kevin Samuels were supposed to have done some things together if you knew who Kevin Samuels was. You know, the, the guy with the red pill guy that was the kind of like the, the, the male advocate. And they had some things that they were going to get done together. He spoke to him a few times. Kevin dropped his name a few times. And so he was talking about other things outside of sports, you know, I guess trying to expand himself. But now he, he's back to talking sports and intermittently, I guess, touching whatever he thinks is the hot topic if that's about it, passport bros, so all that, you know, how that that's <laughs> going these days, you know, that's just what's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. But for him to just target Brock Purdy after Brock put up what he's done, Brock doesn't say much of anything either. I mean, he's just a regular competitor. It's not like he said something that rubs you, rub you the wrong way. You know, he might make you lose your money because he did lose the Baltimore through four picks. <laughs> you bet on him. But outside of that, he doesn't really say outlandish things, you know, Josh Allen was accused of saying outlandish things before. Remember when they went back to when he was in college and some racial crap he was supposed to have said? Come on, no,
1: I didn't hear about that.
0: Yeah, when he came out in the draft, and, bro, where you digging this crap up from? Well, he said this, oh, he
1: deleted his tweet or something, right?
0: Yeah, I think it was way back though, way back when he was at Wyoming. I mean, but anyway, it is, it, I mean, man, I can't it, it's
1: pretty weak if you ask me again. He, he's just looking for. To grow his audience, to get likes, get clicks—it's pretty weak.
0: Yeah, it is weak, you know. <clears throat> and and that's enough Cam Newton nonsense for now. You know, um, just kind of shooting the breeze—not just NFL or just sports. Period. I mean, well, yeah. But you know, I thought a, a, a topical thing I thought about before. You know, when we, I didn't realize hey, there's hardly anything going on. You ever thought about second-tier wide receivers who still may have a chance at the Hall of Fame? I mean, would you consider like, like would you consider Chad Autosicko a second tier guy compared to To, compared to Randy Moss? You know what I mean? Those kind of Isaac Bruce.
1: Um, I would have to think about who's the top tier
0: to, to well, I'm come a up brother, the second uh, tier. Definitely I'm definitely below Moss. Yeah, uh, well, everybody below Moss it seemed to me, but but Isaac I mean, Bruce, Bruce. is is Isaac Bruce that second tier guy or a Tory Holt?
1: Yeah, I would have to put him in second tier. Because yeah. I'm thinking top wide receivers, I automatically think Jerry Rice,
0: yeah, um, and Randy, Randy, Moss, Moss. Randy Moss, Larry Fitzgerald. You know what? Somebody I saw a list. Someone had Larry Fitzgerald in second tier. I'm like, what are these people doing? <laughs> you forgot who he was? Not only that, he may have had the best hands in the NFL. Even though I believe it or not, a guy who's not a Hall of Fame, I thought it was probably up him and up there with him. In terms of hands, Ankron Bolden had some serious hands. Yeah, that
1: dude. And he was strong, too. Bro. He was
0: strong. <laughs> bro, you so, played yeah, quarterback, man. And He did everything.
1: Yeah, but, you know who else was strong with good, good hands? Little guy, though.
0: Steve Smith, senior. Bro, but he's <laughs> man. That's the dude I was going to bring up next. As a same tier dude, that should go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, bro, Steve Smith got to go to the Hall of Fame. I and mean, because you look at him,
1: well, he was like 5'10, 5'9, maybe 5'9, maybe 5. But man. He get open, break tackles. and hey, That was a tough little motherfucker, yo, You talk about a
0: dog. I mean, mm-hmm. on the field, off the field. Bro, he broke some cash job before, mm-hmm. man, for playing games in practice. You know, Steve Smith wasn't that dude. And remember in junior college, if you didn't know, it was him and Chad Ocho Cinco and JC together on the same team. Oh, wow. Bro, come on. He isn't going to Utah. <laughs> like, yo, man, and, you know, he always played with that chip on his shoulder and you saw it every week. Yeah, they told me I wasn't all that good. I'm too spoiled. I can't do that. I can't do that. Because he was a special teams dude, and he played wide receiver. You know, third-round draft pick coming out of Utah. But, yo, that guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And if Definitely. you listen to any of his commentary. Has, has he been retired five years? Um, you know what? I haven't even thought about that.
1: Yeah, it's I know close. he just started He started doing like sideline work and stuff. Right? Yeah, it's got
0: to be close. It's got to be close because he's been yeah. in the studio. And another thing, if you haven't heard Steve, uh, um, Steve Smith speak in terms of football and just personnel, bro, this guy should be on somebody's scouting staff. He knows what the hell he's talking about. He talks about these players way in advance. I remember hearing John Gruden say things about quarterbacks, Jameis Winston in particular, when he took him to the chalkboard. He comes out saying, man, this is the smartest guy that I've ever dealt with doing this procedure here and we see what james wilson turned out to be in the nfl not completely terrible but nowhere close to what john Gruden was saying probably why he doesn't have a job either but <laughs> steve smith man when he talks about a player he gets down and dirty he tells you why this guy should do this why he's not doing that especially the wide receivers he can tell you about who's a dog who just a dude that just if the ball is there and coming to him he's going to catch it but if the ball is somewhere where he has to go get it and there may be some consequence He's not going to get it. He'll let you know that. You know, that Steve Smith, man, he's serious. But, damn, the fact you brought this dude up, man, that's the dude I was about to just bring up.
1: (laughs) Well, I was talking about strength. You know, when you brought up Anquan Bolden, the strength of his hands. Yep. That made me think of Steve Smith for a little guy. He, pound for pound, he might have been stronger than anyone.
0: And they love him in Carolina. I mean, they absolutely love him in Carolina, man. Even when he left, they respected him when he came back. When he went to Baltimore and they played Carolina. Yo, they was you know they, they loved him up there, and I hope he gets into the hall of fame. But listening to him more, I used to have a little not a problem with because I don't know what to do like that, but I'm like, man, this guy's always in trouble, always act like he got an attitude. But now you know why you know the story, yeah. man, of always being the underdog and people doubting him and still being that top player. Now, would you take him or Tariq Hill? Oh, see, it's hard because you know. <laughs>
1: All of Steve Smith's career. Tyreek Hill's done it for a shorter period of time. Let's see, can he do it for another five, six years?
0: Style of play. Style of play between the two.
1: (sighs) See, I think Tyreek Hill, this may seem like an oxymoron after I say it. He's more, he might be more dangerous. But Steve Smith, to me, is more reliable.
0: That's what I want. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I'm taking Steve Smith over Tyreek Hill. I mean, I'm not going to say every day, including weekends and all that stuff. I'll mm-hmm. take him over. If there's mm-hmm. an option between the two, I'm going with Steve Smith.
1: Well, you to me, Steve Smith is like on Ross St. Brown, where you, you're not <laughs> going to cut him down. He's going to get his 7 to 10
0: catches. Yep, and you know it's where,
1: coming. Where Tariq Hill, yeah, he can go off for 10 and 190, but he can also have a 3 for 37 game too.
0: And we've seen that, I think, this past season, when this guy was kind of null and void for a little bit with that kind of speed. I don't think I need to hear excuses, man. When you call yourself a cheater, you're probably the fastest guy in the league. And we've seen what you can do with other teams and even this team. But then there are weeks where you're not getting that, what you're expected to get. When you become that good or become that great, there's an expectation now, realistic or otherwise. And you're expected to do that. And he wasn't doing it. You know what I mean? And it doesn't have to be crazy, 200 yards, 150. Bro, 90 yards. I just feel like I need to
1: I feel the need to mention uh Megatron since we were talking about top oh, yeah, Elite. elite top tier. I mean, I, I know we're missing some guys, but you gotta mention Megatron. So there I mentioned him. He can't come at me about that one.
0: Yeah, t- uh Megatron top tier. Top tier. I wish his career would have lasted longer. You know, the, the irony with Megatron is Charles um with well, Charles Rogers when he came out of Michigan State. I thought that would be Megatron, but he had his issues once he had gotten there. And you know, he ended up passing away um not too long ago. But he had that talent, I thought, would be like Megatron up in Detroit. But Megatron, though, this. though,
1: huh? you know who ended up disappointing, in my opinion? Roy Williams from Texas. He started out, he had a heck of a, a rookie season. Um, and it was all downhill from there. I don't man, know what happened to that guy.
0: You, you're just stealing players from my memory, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> seriously. I don't think about Roy Williams. The only reason why, because I had a story. I went to the NFL draft, obviously covered it for the Jaguars when they were playing. And I remember, you know, they used to have, I don't know if they still have it. This is when the the draft was just on Saturday and Sunday. Now they have like the whole weekend and the whole deal going on from Thursday to Sunday. But anyway, um, they had a a dinner before the draft, the day before a, a, a luncheon at the Chelsea pier, which is in New York, people in New York probably know the hell out of it. And the players come there. And this year, uh, Reggie Williams was expected to come to the, oh, uh, not Reggie Williams. Roy Wins was expected to come to the Jaguars, and so that was the, that. What the buzz? That's what the buzz was. And so I spoke to him that day. I'm like, I'm gonna get in good with him right now, so he gets drafted, and come on with me first, because I was getting dudes on first when I was at the draft. And he says, Yeah, I'm down, man. He thought he was coming to the Jaguars. He's like, Yeah, man, I'll, I'll come down. I'll take care of my obligation, because they gotta take care of the real obligation first before they could come on with me. And he was like, Yeah, I take care of that. And no, I'll do that, man. I'll do that. Bet, man. They get to the draft, and they, the Detroit Lions take him. And I'm like, Yo, Brock, <laughs> He walks past me. As, he's like, as he's walking up there, going to Paul boot. And i Yo, like, oh, bro, this is crazy how this is going on. And I'm like, oh, How many Brock, spots I, ahead
1: of the Jaguars were they? Huh? Yeah, um, I think
0: the, uh, Detroit was ahead of the Jaguars. so well, was, how many spots? I think it was like one or two spots, maybe one spot. I don't care. Oh, okay, the they one?
1: get at like number six or seven, right?
0: Who um Detroit? Yeah. I can't remember exactly what number. I just know when they got them, they just ruined my day. And I was like, bro, <laughs> got the gut punch. The, the irony, though was even more so because just <clears throat> that we <clears throat> afterwards. I'm sitting there like pouting the Jacksons up taking Reggie Williams out of Washington. And so I go to the room and the Postings, if you knew about the Posting Brothers years ago, they I don't think they're in football anymore. They just I think they got banned or something. I don't know. And one of their runners, a guy named Steve Brown, and I think if this goes out there, Steve Brown, give a shout out. Anyway, I was over there just upset, like, man, I can't believe I can't get the, can't get the first interview with the Jag player this year. Then he comes over to me, got caught up with him the day before. He was like, yo, so what's up, man? I'm like, yo, bro, I'm like, man, the Jags, I mean, the Detroit Lions took Roy Williams. He says, so what's your problem? I'm like, man, Roy Williams, he's not with the Jags. He says, so what do you need from me? I don't need anything from you. He's like, <laughs> he kept asking that question, and I was like, um. I looked at him the way he was asking. I was like, yo, oh, man, there's something to it. I was like, yo, bro. I, I usually get the first interview with the player outside of the you know NFL people, you know, and I can't get it. He like, so what do you need? And I am like, shoot, if I could, I could get Reggie Williams. He said, yo, I got him. He worked for Poston. Reggie Williams was in <laughs> Poston. Bro, I like, you serious? Reggie didn't come to the draft. He, I think he was in. He's from Virginia, so I think he might have been in Virginia. Maybe watched Washington. I can't remember. He gives me. He, he gives me Reggie's number. I call Reggie. Reggie comes on, man, continues the streak. But then he comes to the Jaguars and becomes a weed. Well, he's been a weedhead, he <laughs> bigger weedhead with more money. He was just out there, and that was that time the Jags had that receiving staff, that receiving core that was like the, the a bunch of power forwards. They had Ernest Wilfort, who came out of Virginia Tech, Reggie Williams, and they had um, Matt Jones who came out of Arkansas, the quarterback who was running at four three, the white dude who ended up having his own drug problems. But, um, yeah, they had that. But that was a hell of a story. I was like, damn, Reggie freaking Roy Williams kind of put me in that spot. But, then that's, you're right. He didn't have the career I thought he would have had either. He was hella fired he, at Texas. He started off well, but it, something happened. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what
1: it is. But after his, his first couple of seasons, he basically became a, a disappointment and nobody.
0: Yeah. You know, he'll make plays here and there, but the injuries also. Because the first time I even heard of him was in high school when he played for Odessa Premier, you know, Friday Night Lights. And in fact, in the movie Friday Night Lights, he had a part. They put him in the movie for a split second. Yeah, but that's when I first heard of him, averaging like 30 yards of reception. I'm like, bro, what is he doing in high school? (laughs) Yeah, but man, those, those wide receivers, I don't know, man. I was expecting something from him. What other receiver would you think since we're on the topic? What other receiver do you think would have been a better receiver than that turned out to be anybody when he got to the NFL? This is kind of on a fly. Curtis Conway. Curtis Conway. Oh well, you had him in Chicago, so I can't say he was okay. He was, but he was he, okay. But he was a top 10 pick,
1: wasn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he was did not nice. live up to his, to his uh his draft status. Married to Leila, he, he might have had really. Yeah. He might have had like three good games in his entire career.
0: Yeah, he, he was electric, man. Another player, by the way, I think that from USC, I don't know what they're doing with their quarterbacks and their receivers, man. Guys just don't pan out the way you would want them to. Do. Solid careers. But RJ Sauer, who played for USC, I used to see him and he got an end around in college and I saw his speed. i was like, bro, that's one of the fastest dudes I've ever seen on television. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he comes to the Jaguars. <clears throat> has problems off the field. You know, I think he had a little bit of a taste for the wine, the, tape for, the taste of the grape, and it kind of put his career off. Killed it, man. But this mess.
1: Well, I never heard that before. I heard about weed and drugs or alcohol, but wine?
0: I mean, I know
1: wine is alcohol. Well, yeah. I'm well, that's what I meant. I mean, instead of
0: just calling it alcohol, I got to student the wine in it to make it sound a little oh, okay. less intense. <laughs> it wasn't All right, good. my bad, my bad. Mad, Mad Dog 2020, that's wine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, if you're in the field drinking Mad Dog 2020, who's <laughs> I mean, a uh, wild Irish you rose? <laughs> man, you got problems, man. You got to step up your game, bro. <clears throat> so oh, let's shit. get to the NBA, man. I heard that yeah. they're changing their NBA uh, draft format, going to two days now. Two
0: days? See what they're trying to. Do. I, don't I don't understand.
1: No, no, nobody nobody pays attention to the second round anyway. I mean, I don't think most people pay attention after like the first. 14, 15 picks. for pick really. the lottery picks. <laughs> yeah. Um, unless I, I I usually watch the top 10. If I don't hear the Bulls made a, a trade to move up, I just wait a couple hours and, and wait for the report to come out and see who the yeah. Bears drafted. I don't sit through all the teas on the clock.
0: Well, they're maximizing that advertising dollar, putting another show out there, expanding it a little I, bit. Yes, it don't
1: work with me, though.
0: Man, I, I... – I don't know. After the, I mean, it depends on who's in the draft because if you had some kid who was supposed to have gone in the lottery and he kind of slips a little bit. You know, Giannis wasn't even supposed to go in the lottery. In fact, you know, he was supposed to have been just another first-rounder. I think he went, like, number 16, and he ends up being what he is because the the, the talent was there. It's just that they didn't want to really bank on it because of the competition he played out in Greece. But, yeah, but unless there's a player in the draft that kind of you expect to go in the lottery but he slips out and you want to wait around and see where he goes so he could get revenge if that's going to happen, that's the only reason why, you know, that's the reason why, you know, sit around and watch the rest of the draft, because then you start in this day and age, especially, you start getting a lot of players that you never heard of before. And they play in the yeah. U.S. <laughs> Come on. So many small colleges, like, wait a minute, never even heard of this dude.
1: Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> so I didn't see the details of it. I just saw the headline. It's going to a two-day format.
0: Well, and I think it's all about the dollars, which there's no problem with if you're going to spread it out and there are fans to facilitate it. Well, go ahead and get that money because you got to pay these players too to get this money into the NBA. But well, the month is over. This is February, the last month. Some teams stood up a little bit. We're now going to go into this All Star break coming up, and then you, you see the uh,
1: NBA fine Philly for sitting out.
0: Yeah, seventy five thousand dollars, right?
1: Do we even know if he's healthy? They homeboy fell on his knee, though. Yeah, other they say
0: fell on his knee. They still
1: get that MRI. Did he get any results? Did he get from
0: him? That? I don't
1: know. I haven't seen it.
0: Yeah, I have a friend of mine who's a wow. huge Sixers fan. He was just talking about it yesterday.
1: Yeah, I'm just waiting for the report to to come out. Uh, he's day to day. Was it hyper hyperextension? You know what I mean? Did he tear something? Yeah, I haven't seen the report. The NBA is like, Fuck that he didn't play, you're getting fined. Yeah. Man, if he had a man so- to
0: fall on his knee, <laughs> so inconsistent though, man. You want to just give fines here or give suspensions here or have suspensions here, you know, depending on who the player is. I mean, MB's is, is is an MVP candidate, maybe the leading MVP <clears> candidate <throat> at the moment, but he's missed 12 games so far this season, so that might hurt. And if he's injured here for real, might miss more games depending yeah, on he 65
1: to be eligible for postseason awards, exactly. Or season awards, not postseason.
0: So now, if he gets injured, if he's legitimately injured, that's a couple of games you can kind of add to the mix. And then you look at the resting periods that these players are now getting, you know, the time that they're probably – and it's not going to be back-to-back games, but those add up as well when you're looking at that yeah. overall goal. But the month is over. Last month, man, the Knicks was the hottest team, 14-2, and to close out January. Bro, that's – I mean, man, uh, I don't know what to say, tell you the truth, because I just expect the Knicks to just play. <clears throat> You know what? And get the same old story when April comes. But now it looks like they're doing yeah.
1: something. Uh, I, I'd be a little a little concerned that maybe they're playing too well right now. Come
0: you, you know, April,
1: know. April, May, will
0: they be able to turn it up? That's a possibility and a huge possibility. You know, and Julius Randall just hurt his shoulder. <clears throat> so You know, so you got yeah. kind of get to that part of the year when you start getting banged up a little bit and have to come back from injuries and you're hoping you're still picking up from where you left off. Tyrese Halliburton is in that, that boat right now with the injury, the hamstring, and that hamstring is the biggest pain in the ass for football players, definitely basketball players where you got to change directions you know, almost all the time as a point yeah. guard. And it's, it's just, man, he's in, he's out, he's in, he's out. The hamstring is a pain in the ass.
1: Yeah, and how did Milwaukee lose to the Trailblazers,
0: Blazers? Bro,
1: I, bro I does know, how, how did Oklahoma City lose to Detroit? <laughs> that didn't make sense either. I, I mean, you're gonna have crazy games uh, during the NBA season, but the Bucks losing to the
0: Blazers—that's yeah, not yeah, what, that's what I would think of. And, and, and by the way, Scoot Henderson's coming off the bench now, man. Holy crap! I mean, based on what he was doing earlier, I thought he got better, but I guess he's better coming off the bench and he hasn't played well. But yeah, but losing to um, you the know, Rookie, players, rookies. Man.
1: Rookies not always prepared to go 82, so. Well, he, he's not at 82 yet. My man's at right around when he'd have well, been in college. You don't want him, don't want him limping to, to the, to the, uh, damn, I can't think of it, to the tape. You don't want him running run to the finish line. Finish line. Damn, you what's wrong yeah. with him? You Man, don't want him limping to the finish line.
0: I don't know, but this whole entire draft class just has not been impressive from what I thought. Because normally when there's a draft class out there, you start hearing about some of these guys really doing something and kind of falling back a little bit. You know they're doing it through in the early part of the season because, as you said, later on they're not used to going those long games like they did in college it was short, a shorter season. In fact, it was more than double of what they would do in college. And then you can see them kind of falling off towards the end. This this class here, man, I haven't heard too many of anyone. Grady Dick is somebody I wanted to see up there in, in Toronto. He's on a milk carton too. <laughs> Come on, <clears throat> I yeah, so, on. Huh? I like, I don't know what's going on. Well, with Toronto, I mean, Toronto, trying. You know, at least they're admitting they started all over when they traded everybody away. So they yeah. try to rebuild. They embrace the rebuild. Let's see what happens with them.
1: I saw a quote from LeBron saying, "On any given night, we can beat anybody, and on any given night, we could get our ass kicked, or something to that effect."
0: Well, we've seen um, both
1: parts. It seems like he's really, <laughs> he's really frustrated, and just before coming on this show. Uh, I saw, well, I didn't watch the clip yet, but I saw a thumbnail for a clip and it says LeBron, LeBron has an option. (laughs) So is he going to trade himself before the trade deadline if they don't trade half the team like they did last year?
0: I don't know, know, man. I mean, what are the options for him? The trade deadline is right around the corner. What, What do they need to add? What do they who wants to go there?
1: I don't know what they need to add. They have a lot of talented players. They just don't play just well working together. The world together. Yeah. And it seems most GMs want Austin Reeves. The Lakers don't want to give up Austin Reeves. Well, I mean, nobody wants your trash to give up a quality player. Yep. You got to give up something if you want something. I don't know.
0: But then the match uh, they're,
1: they're talking to Jonte Murray. What's it going to take to get him?
0: That's what um the Lakers want him?
1: That's the name being
0: bandied about. Wow. yeah. What are they going to have to give up for him? Now, Austin Reeves, I, mean, I don't know, they just gave him that contract. Was it a contract just to kind of make a better deal, to move him on? No,
1: I think they really expected him to take a step up, and he really hasn't taken that step that they expected. But, yeah, he, he's a liability on defense. Doesn't matter against who, you know. It's like, like Shaq says, "Barbecue chicken," or like Stacy King says, "Mouse in the house," or whatever, whatever phrase you want to put on him. Man, he he doesn't play, he doesn't play defense well.
0: Wow, you thought that would be kind of acceptable in the NBA today because no one seems to play defense. But the Clippers also now stepping up, and now they're saying James Harden's feeling comfortable in his role now. That's why things are working the way they are. You know, they're making noise. You know, the James got to do it in them.
1: the playoffs, man. I don't care if they win the, every game the rest of the season; he's got to do it in the playoffs.
0: I, I won't believe until he he's does more nine points. What if he scores nine points and they still win? <laughs> it's forty plus minutes. Well, <laughs> well,
1: then you know it's about Kawhi and PG. Yeah, but
0: well, man, in the Miami Heat ice cold right now. Man, just a much of a mess. I thought the um the trade they made would have been something that kind of helped the team out immediately, and this hasn't.
1: It might take a few weeks for the, for the guys to fit in, for the team to gel together, for them to play together. I don't know. I, I I didn't think that was enough for the Heat to turn them into contenders. But then again, they might turn it on in the
0: playoffs like they did then last year. they did year. last year. Things started getting a little yeah. hot towards the end. And, and- I mean, I'm looking at some of these bottom feeder teams. You already know Detroit is pretty much lost for the season. But Charlotte, man, how many years have they been now without a playoff spot? I mean, it's yeah. been a while, about nine years. Yeah, they, they've been pretty bad. Man, I, mean, I forgot. You know, I forgot they hadn't been to the playoffs. You still have the little ball there. You think that um, the, uh, that the team were kind of being young as they are, that they would make that push like young teams do. They kind of run you ragged and until they experience kind of show or inexperienced shows. And then they lose the game, but they haven't done anything. They just lose, and, and they go out there and lose again. At least San Antonio has that guy that they're building around, and you can see the moves made, and they just happen to have one of the greatest coaches of all time overseeing it.
1: Yeah, but speaking of bad, um, I saw a report that the Lakers aren't the Lakers. The the Warriors aren't willing to trade Draymond nor Clay. Who wants Draymond and who wants Clay? <laughs> like, why why would people Talk about Clay getting traded. If he was playing, if he was playing well, they, he wouldn't even be mentioned. But he's not playing well, so why would anybody else want your trash? Well, that, you might- that doesn't make sense to me. You know, I said in the summertime, Mike Dunleavy
0: doesn't know what he's doing. I agree. I mean, I, I yeah, stick no, to that. I concur now because I was like, I'm give him a chance, man. You're giving him enough rope to hang himself. That's about it. If this thing is looking. They hadn't got that number one guy. Well, the center that they needed, it would have been helpful. They're on their little free fall going on right now, and the West has now got a lot tougher. You know, team. You know, Sacramento now kind of getting their feet about them. You know, they're not play, they're not falling like they were early on. The Pelicans playing as well as they're playing now. You know, we already know Minnesota's leading the freaking West now. I mean, not that it's a big big surprise, but it's to me it's kind of a surprise. You know, for this point in the season, but they got what they need. And by the way, wasn't um. At, uh Was it uh, Edward, Anthony Edwards fine as well?
1: Yeah, he was talking about the refs. You know the NBA don't let you
0: get away with that. no. Uh, nope. But oh, man, but yeah, in Oklahoma City, calm down a little bit. They did lose twice, but they still for, they still ahead of schedule regardless of losing two games in a row or two games period to bad teams. They still way ahead of schedule from what they was, you know, did last year and and kind of ascending, still ascending this year, kind of cooled off a little bit now. Maybe those young guys are hitting that little bit of a wall. After the All-Star break, they kind of got to ascend again because that's what they did last year. They came on right. real hard after the All-Star break.
1: Yeah, I just don't know how much uh, Chet is going to have left. You know, he missed all the last, last season. Both he hasn't gone through an 82-game season yet, so that remains to be
0: seen. And that little body, even though he put on about, what, 12 pounds in the offseason, still a whole lot more to be desired. I remember Porzingis, same thing. He stayed thin for a while, even though he was putting on weight. You hear it in the news, but you don't see it on his body until like three years later. Then you start to see it, okay, it's noticeable. Then he gets injured. <laughs> He's like, all right, never mind. Yeah, and Atlanta Hawks, another team that's gone down, and Trey Young, is he even as valuable as he used to be when they went to the, the Eastern Conference uh, Finals? Uh-huh. Conference
1: doesn't seem like it, like you know, if you watch ESPN or you check the, the NBA highlights on, on Instagram or whatever whatever outlet you watch,
0: yeah, you don't normally see the Hawks and Trey Young. No, he, that's crazy, YouTube. man, because he was supposed to have been that guy, that transcendent guy on their team. So now the Hawks was something you're gonna have to contend with for future years, you know, what he did in Madison Square Garden, the Apple thing, you know, all that nonsense he did with the in the garden. I thought, okay, I don't like that he had done it, but it's good for basketball if he could continue doing it and they can have a little rivalry going with other teams as well. It just hasn't been that way. And he's been complaining. I th- is he trying to get out of there? And the Washington Wizards got rid of West Lundfell Jr. They won two
1: games now. It could be the James Harden playbook he's trying to use. Play like
0: trash and, and hope they ship you out. Yeah, he's Which playing is- well. The team just cracked trash. <laughs> that's it. I'm just saying. And Luca, man, you know, this guy takes off so often. He plays, he's out. He plays, he's out, throws up his 73 points. He's in the team's, I mean, his record, I think the record with him in there is like two and four over the past, like, six games. Like, he's putting up numbers, kind of like Booker, man, getting these huge numbers and still losing games. But that's another team that's hot, Phoenix.
1: Yeah, they're, they're still going to have to work it out. When, when they get all three playing consistently, uh KD, Bill, and Booker.
0: Yeah, and it's just they right. were they
1: were so bad early, you
0: know they're playing catch they, up now, right? And that's what the Clippers were doing. They were playing badly earlier, and it was a James Harden thing. Now it seems like everybody's on the same page, and now they can move forward with it. But teams that are at the top and not showing any signs of weakness or not inconsistencies, like Minnesota, the Timberwolves. And Denver, you can never <clears throat> count them out as long as they have that core that they have.
1: The only thing about the Suns is they I think they're a lot like the Bucks, but they potentially have more firepower. Uh, I don't see them playing defense either. Well, they're, <laughs> gonna have, they're just
0: going to have to outscore people. Isn't that supposed to be like a staple of the West anyway, that they kind of run the ball, like they kind of run the court anyways? They don't play the defense like they would in the East? I mean, I'm not throwing it back to the 1994 Pat Riley nick days where Everybody was stuck in mud, but there's a difference between what they do out in the West Coast and what they do in our East. And it's just a, a little bit different now because of the Milwaukee, they just had a free pass for anybody who wanted to go to the goal, who wanted to hit a shot, and Doc Rivers yeah. losing his first game. He's bringing uh, defense. I don't expect it right away, but like you said before, they got to buy into that defense, and Dame has never been that one that you mentioned on an all-defensive team.
1: Right. But we have to mention the Kings, though. Can't forget about
0: the Kings. Yeah. What about
1: them? Oh, they're a team to be reckoned with also.
0: Oh, yeah. they got Look, no, earlier this season, remember, they started off pretty badly. They didn't start off like the continuation of what we saw last season. Like Oklahoma City, they continued what they did last season and took it to another level. And uh, Sacramento was going down. But now they back up and they – shoot, they has been starting – kind of got it going again. They're not sneaking up on anyone this year, which is a good thing because now people are expecting them to come to where they're coming, and they're still winning now. Right. So that's a big deal there. Yeah. And what about your boys in Chicago, man? They're talking about getting rid of Levine.
1: That's been the word for about a month now.
0: Trade uh, deadline coming up. He,
1: he set out a bunch of games, and they were playing better without him. I don't know what his theme is, man. He can be streaky. He'll knock down some threes. like He'll hit three in a row, but then he'll miss a couple, and then they'll lose by five. Um, and he's not a great defender. Um, uh, he's just he's just not that guy, you know. And Demar DeRozan's a, another year older. Yeah, he's not as good as he was playing last year. Um, if I if I'm the Bulls GM, I I try and get rid of both of
0: them. Man, a trade deadline, But what will you get for them? I mean, someone's going to make the team better.
1: I don't know for sure on basketballs. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, I don't know. Um, so I heard some talk, Levine, to the Lakers. But what are they going to send you, D'Angelo Russell? We don't need another point guard that doesn't play defense.
0: Yep. Man, look at that, man. We out here for an hour now. And <laughs> this thing kind of morphed from the NFL. The wide receivers now talking a little bit <clears throat> about basketball. Kind of a precursor to what's going to happen anyway once the NFL season is over. Next time you see us, it will be media day for the NFL the week before the Super Bowl or the week of the Super Bowl, essentially. You know, so yeah, we'll get a chance to talk about that. Baseball is going to come up as well, but you know pitches and catches in just a couple more weeks. College basketball, now you know conference play is also in play. March Madness, next freaking month now, man. God. Yeah, I got God my serious, vacation man. days in. Got my vacation days in already. I'm kind of wondering how's it going to be this year because college basketball hasn't really buzzed this much this year. I mean, especially the number one team is, like, changing all the time. Maybe that's a good thing. But the I don't think the 116 matchups, even though it's still a hell of an upset, if it happens, it's just not what it once was because I think it happened too often. That's I don't a, know. It looks it like
1: looks <laughs> Purdue is going to be number one seed again, Yeah, uh, depending on the matchup. I'm still not impressed by their guards. Uh the point guard Brandon Smith, I think he had sixteen assists in their last game, but Man. I've seen him get locked up. I mean, when you can't inbound or make an entry pass to a guy who's seven foot
0: two, you you got problems. <laughs> yeah, maybe that slow ass day with an ED. Maybe I mean
1: it, it, the dude seven two, how can you not get him the ball? I I do you, I don't know. I, what I don't do you know. think about his
0: N- NBA prospects? Is that the reason why he came back? Because there was just no prospects. Because I don't I look at this dude a stiff, and I hate to call him a stiff, but bro. He's
1: gonna finished. be a turnstile on pick and rolls.
0: I'm sure
1: he'll find his way on the roster, but he he, he doesn't have range on the shot, not like Brook Brooke Lopez. Brooke yeah. Lopez is pretty much a turnstile. You know, he'll block a shot from the weak side. He's seven seven foot whatever. So, of course, he got to block a shot or two. But you put him in pick and roll, man, he can't stick with no quick point guards.
0: (laughs) Nah, he can't even stick with, you know, stand out there with a quick forward, (laughs) another quick center.
1: Oh, yeah. Forget it if it's a swing, man.
0: Man yeah but I don't, college basketball is just something completely different this year and i think a little bit last year but more so is pronounced this year with so many teams man you can't really point out that one team that stands out i don't think we'll ever have great teams anymore just based on the landscape of college basketball or even high school basketball you have overtime elite and now you have these players that can go down to australia and other places all over the world to play just to get their year out and still get paid while doing it nil mm-hmm. i thought would be better with college basketball because a fewer people in The more money to give a few people, it's not working out that way. These players are still going to overtime elite, which is an excellent program and what they do for their players. But then Australia, or Lithuania, like Lamella Ball did when he was 15. But anyway, that'll be it for us today. Man, this time just kind of flew on by. I went three minutes, a little football, not even really talking about the Super Bowl, but getting in some of that wide receiver talk, man, and you stealing a few dreams from my head. (laughs) with Steve Smith. (laughs) But, hey, he's biased. I'm Trav, and the Sports Bag Bros podcast will be back at you next week on Monday. That will be media day for the NFL, so we can finally get down to talking about these teams and these storylines that are going to come from all of this and maybe some other news that might just pop up along the way. So until then, deuces. Adios.